0: This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Welcome to the podcast. On this episode, I wanted to introduce you to an incredible teacher and healer, April Wyatt. April is a certified Reiki master, and she's also certified in biodynamic breath work to release trauma. April shares her story of her healing journey, and we had a great conversation swapping stories of spiritual experiences and my first Reiki treatment. Thanks for listening today, and you can find out more about April and her show, Living with Intention, on the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Welcome to the show, fellow spiritual seekers. I love to introduce people to healers and spiritual teachers that they may not be aware of. And I was first introduced to April Wyatt by Rachel Corpus, and she's a fellow podcaster here on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network. And Rachel is an angel communicator and a psychic medium. She's working out of Iowa. And she recommended that I get in touch with April. So, this was back in the beginning when we were just building the podcast network here. And Rachel was an early believer and she came on board to share her wisdom and her teachings. And I'm so grateful that she's able to share her gifts with you here on the network. So, April is the founder of Living with Intention, where she guides people to explore different healing modalities to help them live life to the fullest. And she's also a certified Reiki master and is certified in biodynamic breathwork to help release trauma. And we're going to talk about that. I wanted to have her on today and share her story and her gifts. So welcome April to my little area of the internet in the podcast world here.
1: Oh, it's such a pleasure to be here, Diane. Thank you so much for the invitation.
0: Well, I'm so glad that we could chat. And April is joining us right now from her RV where she's living the life. And so where are you right now? Are you in Iowa right now? No, actually, I am down in San
1: Antonio as we speak. Um, oh, but okay. I do We do travel um, kind of like in a triangle from Texas area up to the Midwest, Iowa, because we still have family friends up there. And then over to Florida and then back down to
0: Texas. Basically, we're avoiding the winter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't blame you. That's a, kind of like, well, I grew up in Florida. And then I came out here to California with avoiding any snow as as much as possible in between that. So I just kind of went from one warm place to the next warm place. Although you'd never know it recently here in San Diego. We've, we've had horrible weather and rain and cold uh, it's probably more like Seattle than San Diego, but you're living the life. So that's got to be fun. And you get to go around and teach and do events and workshops and just have oh. your home on wheels.
1: Yeah, most definitely. And really, it started with my own, no pun intended, but my own intentions, right? Living, wanting more for myself and then asking, how how can this happen for me? And really placing my attention on my intention because, you know, we all have great intentions in our lives. You know, we want to do these things, but they tend to fall to the wayside, right, Uh, because of distractions throughout the day. So what I would literally do as I was driving when we lived in Iowa on I-80 into Des Moines, I would see all the campers, right, all the RVs pass by. And I would say to myself, wow, that's exciting. I can't wait to do that. I wonder what that life's like, you know, keeping that stimulation of that opening curiosity and excitement. So that way, when it came time to sell our house, (laughs) you know, that's a lot of pressure. That's a lot of stress and tension there. It was more like a transition. I could see it more transitioning from that uh, spot, that place, specific location and being able to, um, expand past that into the RV lifestyle. So, um, that's, that's what I'm all about, right. Putting my attention on my intention, um, and keep bringing it.
0: Yeah. You, so you really brought it to fruition. You made it happen when so many people will just talk about it and say, Oh, I want to do this. And you made it happen. And the fact that you really cut the cord and you sold your house. I and did. And so you're, you're living the RV lifestyle full time.
1: Full timing it. And it's been amazing. And I have to say, Diane, though, it was challenging going through all my things, all the stuff. And I think that's what kind of catches people of, oh, I want to do that. But what about all my stuff? You know, I don't know how I can let go of that. But then I realized... Well, it's just stuff, right? right? I can store it. I can sell it. I can I can buy more stuff if I want to later on. So, uh, just getting past that mental block, and I call it our, you know, belief systems or BS that we all have, so that way we can ha- receive more in our lives.
0: Right. We are drowning in stuff, and I've learned that over the years because working in radio you tend to move around a lot and so at one point I did I think it was three moves in 2 years and you learn to just let go of stuff because you don't want to move it <laughs> from place to place so I got rid of a lot of stuff and and learned to let it go but but it's hard i mean you see tv shows about it hoarders you know we're kind of buried in stuff and i feel so sorry for those people because i think it it doesn't start out that way. And then there's circumstances in life where they become so overwhelmed that it gets to a point that they just say, well, the, heck, the hell with it, right? I'm just going to live like this. And it piles on, piles on, piles on. And then we're just literally buried and people are buried in stuff. Mm. And you had to yeah. just really pare down to live the lifestyle that you're living now in the RV. And I, yeah. I remember when I was working with with Dr. Dyer, at Hay House, and he always had great nuggets of wisdom and stories. Oh, I love and him. <laughs> he was the best. And he would tell a story of how before he moved to Hawaii, and he had a whole apartment of stuff, and he basically kind of handed the keys to his assistant and and just said, here, get rid of it. And he he walked away, and he got rid of his stuff. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I don't know if I could do that to that extreme, I guess I could, I mean, you keep, what is really personal? Like if, if there was a a fire or God forbid, an earthquake here in San Diego, which could, could happen, I guess the most important thing to me would be my personal pictures and maybe some, you know, jewelry, like one or two things that I have from my mother and everything else could kind of burn up, I guess. I don't care about my furniture, you know, that kind of stuff can go. So it is interesting what we apply importance to and hold on to.
1: Exactly. And I actually did a podcast series called Less Is More. Yes. Because the less we have that mental clutter, all the things, right, then the more space that we have for ourselves. Uh, So, yeah, if anybody is curious about that, you know, listen to that Less Is More.
0: Yeah. See, I'm glad that people will be able to listen to – you on this podcast, because I want people to check you out on your show. You've got so much wisdom to share. And I think you're kind of a well-kept secret and people need to find out about you and about your teaching and and how much wisdom that you have to share. So when I was looking over your website before, and I've never asked you this before, and you've been doing the podcast for like a year or two now, maybe even a yeah, little longer. Two years. <laughs> yeah, it's going on two yeah. years. And so I wanted to find out about your background, you know, and a little bit about you. And I found out you grew up in the Pacific Northwest. And was that like Washington State, Oregon? Like, where Mm -hmm. did you grow up? Yeah, Washington
1: State in the San Juan Islands there. Um, And that's where I met my husband. He uh, was Navy at, at the time. And so that's how I was able to, we called it the rock, get off the rock and, and move actually to San Diego. So I know what you're saying, Diane, about the rains and the cold, you know, during this time of year. Uh, so that is part of my journey. And then also that led us overseas to live in Japan. So that's when I really started to build my spirituality practice there as I, I w- would go to the temples and shrines with my Japanese friends and, And I just would feel this overwhelming sensation like I was home. I didn't know how to explain it. And it actually brought me to tears sometimes. And um, I just thought something was strange with me. You know, I, I was younger then and I would just, you know, wipe away the tears and, and just really appreciate the beauty and their culture there. And I had the opportunity to climb Mount Fuji in the early morning hours and i climbed up to the top and was able to witness the sunrise through the torii gate which is a huge bucket list for many japanese people and other spiritual seekers and it was just like this overwhelming again sensation came over me it was like an awe like you know dead silence like time stopped right in that moment and things started to shift for me, so I've always been a naturalist again, growing up in the Pacific Northwest, running around the woods, you know, doing all those things um, so just being with with the environment, with nature, with the earth um, that's my sanctuary there
0: that's your church, right like that's where you really feel comfortable, and I love to hear what you're sharing, because basically you're, you're telling me your peak experience, right? Like Abraham Maslow talked about peak experiences. And I think we chase those and you being able to experience that in Japan and to feel that, and just that connection. I I have a theory. I don't, you know, what do I know? But <laughs> I'm always I'm always wondering and looking. But I have a, a theory of when you're drawn to a place or a teaching or something, you know, there could be a past life connection. I don't know. I mean, you may have had another life in Japan, and you were just reconnecting with that and, and feeling that. And then maybe you were a temple attendant or uh, a nun or, or something in, or it could have been a man, you never know. You know, in that- You never know, yeah. It, in that situation, in that atmosphere, but that, is that where you kind of got like the spiritual hit, you know, like where you kind of got the, the bug to, okay, what is this and find out more.
1: Yes. And, and my mother was always open to spiritual practices too. So she would share her experiences with me. So that helped open me up when I was younger. But I really believe the the Mount Fuji or Fuji San, as we they say, you know, showing respect to the mountain, um, that I was pre attuned to Reiki when I lived in Japan. So that way, when I returned to the U.S. and I saw a spiritual counselor, immediately she said, "You would be really good at Reiki." And I said, "What is Reiki?" This was back in two thousand and eight. And uh, she said, well, um, you know, it's a Japanese practice. Go to the library. This is before school, uh, before Google. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So go to the library. There'll be a book there. Sure enough, a little, this little town that we lived in, there was a Reiki book. And I started reading it. And then I got really excited because it was like, this is me. They were describing how I connect with others. And I could feel the energy and all that. And then I got really mad because then I realized I was just in Japan for 10 years.
0: (laughs) I I was going to say, so you never, you never studied in Japan. Oh, missed opportunity. opportunity, right? (laughs) Yeah. Although I am planning.
1: So watch if for anyone who's interested, uh, a Reiki tour, actually, to go to Mount Kurama, where Reiki was founded by um, Sui Macau. And uh, I'm going to be doing that in 2025. So um, I'm excited to go back to have that experience and to share with others as well. So yeah, isn't that interesting, right? We have to go somewhere else in order to get back to where we need to be uh, kind
0: of thing. Right, right. And coming full circle. So I want to talk a little bit about Reiki because I think it's such a fascinating modality. and And I have to admit, For a long time I was very skeptical. I Mm -hmm. I thought, okay, you know, it's very woo. And and I've talked about this before on, on other episodes of the podcast, that it wasn't until I had an experience here, a teacher in Encinitas, a little north of me here in San Diego, and her name was Carol Miller. And I went kind of just out of desperation. I was going through a difficult time. My mother was struggling with cancer and I thought, let me find out about Reiki. And if I find out about this, maybe I can heal her, you know. So I, I was I was open at that point where I was kind of letting my skepticism go a little bit, and I really wanted to experience it. And I have to say, if you have a really good practitioner, which I know you are, I felt things moving. Um you know, I was laying on the table and I could feel kind of a rush in my ears of like the blood moving as she was moving her hands over. I could hear it like my heart beating. I can't even, I'm trying to explain the feeling of what I felt, but things were moving, you know, things were moving around and she did not touch me. And I got up off the table in the most kind of a high that, Mm -hmm. that sometimes you feel after a real intense yoga practice, after you're lying there in Shavasana, similar. And I, and I was a believer after that. I'm like, something is happening here. Mm-hmm. I had never felt an energy healing experience like that. And I know that people that you've worked with, because I read the testimonials on your site, people are feeling that too. And I think that if anyone is skeptical of Reiki, just to explore it and just be open to, you know, find a great practitioner and and learn about it because it was powerful. It really was. Yeah, and, it, and it's so I'd, gentle. I'd like to learn more. You know, yeah. if I have time, maybe I'll learn how to do it. <laughs> yes.
1: And Diane, it's so gentle. That's the thing. It's, it's, it's very subtle. And uh, Reiki means universal life force energy, basically. So I like to describe it as, you know, we all have cell phones, right? And there's a cell phone tower somewhere that you're able to receive the frequency of the call. So that's like Reiki. The cell phone tower is like that universal life force energy, Uh, whatever higher power you believe in, Christ consciousness, divine, whatever that is for you, it's it's the same frequency. And so when you're open and receptive to receive, that's all that's needed um, to receive on a Reiki session. So yeah, I love in-person... Uh, sessions. And also I offer virtual as well. And my clients uh, have reported just the same benefits, right? It's the calming, it's relaxation, it's opening, it's feeling waves of energy, or they just simply fall asleep because that means that they got out of their own way (laughs) because we're so much in our minds all the time. And uh, whatever they experience is perfect for them. And I also offer a monthly uh, first Thursday of the month, a free uh, restorative meditation with Reiki. So check that out also on my website uh, in case you're curious about Reiki or, or you just want to have that experience.
0: And that would be a great way to just introduce yourself, kind of dip your toe in the water because it's, I mean, Reiki has been around for what, hundreds of years?
1: It was uh founded by Isui Macau in uh the twenties nineteen twenty so it's been over a hundred years but the the practice think about the practice of laying of hands that has been for thousands of years, right yeah you know, we do have energy in our hands, we are energetic beings, it's not woo woo this is science people right I mean put on night vision goggles, you know, that you can see the energies of, of the heat, that's your energy. Uh, So it's, it's a beautiful practice and it just allows people to bring balance back to themselves because a lot of the times we're just kind of dragging our bodies around, you know, we're in our minds so much. So being able to balance that is, is a, a wonderful thing to reset. Yeah.
0: We're so out of balance. And I think even at at the very least, just being able to amplify whatever healing that you're already doing, like say you're going for treatment for something else or you know, seeing a psychiatrist for something. I mean, I would think just adding Reiki to that, you know, toolkit of things that you're doing to heal yourself is just gonna improve. It's just gonna make things oh, better. Most and, and definitely. Could even, beyond that, you know, It is even help heal beyond that.
1: Yeah. And in fact, right now, I mean, hospitals and clinics and hospice, all those are inviting in Reiki practitioners to help support patients. It's part of CAM services. So that's complementary alternative medicine. So these medical industries is inviting this in. And this is why I actually work with different massage institutes across the nation. I offer classes to provide that for their students and alumni, alumnus. So that way they can utilize the practice, not only just for their clients, but for themselves. People don't realize the benefits that you receive when you are, um, you know, practicing Reiki. And, and as you off, as, as it flows through you, you receive um, the healing as well as whomever you're uh, working with. And this is for plants, this is for animals, this is for loved ones. Uh, and you can even, again, how I work distant, you know, through the virtual is distance reiki too. So um, it's just wonderful, right? We're all energy and it's a great way to just reconnect with ourselves.
0: I agree. And I hope people look into that. And I like that the medical community is becoming more open to these kinds of treatments, you know, things like acupuncture being covered more on insurance, and, and they're not laughing and snickering about Reiki, you know, they're actually moving it into the the mainstream. Mm -hmm. And I think we need to do that, because we need to care for the, the whole person, including the soul, which I think that we all have a soul, (laughs) you know, and I'm sure people listening to this podcast would probably agree if you're listening to me at all, that it's something that needs to be paid attention to and and taken care of. And there's actually a a great book. It makes me think of um, an author, his name's Thomas Moore. He's an amazing spiritual teacher. And he wrote uh, care of the soul in medicine. And he had worked with different medical institutions to, you know, make, make even the rooms not as antiseptic and scary, you know, when you're in a hospital, it shouldn't be these horrible colors and things like that. Like all of those things come into play when you're trying to heal the whole person, including their soul. So I I think it's cool. It's so interesting. And I wanted to ask you too about some of your other modalities, because in addition to Reiki, you also do something called biodynamic breath work. And Mm -hmm. I was interested in that because I've never experienced that Treatment. Um, So, what what does that entail? I mean, I've done like uh, Kundalini yoga, Mm -hmm. breath work exercises. Is it kind of similar to that?
1: It's kind of kind of similar to that. And what it is is it's an embodiment practice. So, there's so many different types of breath work techniques out there right now, which is amazing, simply amazing. Because really, the power of breath. I mean, this is the first thing that we do when we come into this world, right, is to breathe. And that's the last thing we do is is to breathe. So uh, with the biodynamic breathwork, actually it's called Biodynamic Breathwork and Trauma Release System. So BBTRS. And again, you can find more information on my website about it. But what it does is it really helps you connect with your body. So it's somatic breathing. So it works with the breath, it works with movement, with sound, um, with meditation, with just your feeling sense. Um, and it brings balance back to your nervous system. So there's scientific evidence on it. Geetan Tonkov is the founder of BPTRS. And he wrote an amazing book, Feel to Heal. I highly recommend to read that because he gives the science he gives the psychology and he gives the breath the the somatic you know ways to work with and, the body and
0: somatic meaning that we're holding it in our bodies right
1: correct correct and so there's fascia right between the muscles and and you know above the bones and th- science has shown now that emotions and memories are connected to the fascia so think about when we experience grief you know that's that's trauma and so what happens right we feel that heaviness in our hearts we we tend to we're not going to be upright and open and vibrant you know we tend to slump forward right our shoulders roll forward that closes off our hearts you know and and that creates an armoring Around that rib cage, around the, the chest and the heart, all the way around to the back of the ribs. So by working in the BBTRS, the biodynamic breath work, what I do is I meet people where they're at, and we just explore the breath through through a connected breathing. So you're embodied, you're not Going out of the body like holotropic, where they breathe fast and rapid, and then you feel super, super, uh, buzzy and, and have that outer body experience. It just brings you into. The outer edges of the sympathetic nervous system. It activates that. So that way you can feel those tensions. And then I walk you through movements and somatics of, you know, acupressure points moving in with your body and pressing into different areas of your body. But it's very gentle, very slow. And I think the biggest thing that separates BBTRS from other breath work. Is that actually you receive a resource through it all? So not only are we breathing and releasing these tensions and stressors and those thoughts that are connected to them and the emotions, but also you have an anchor of support, a resource, whether it's within your body or outside of your body, to where. We just bring you into that breathing technique for a few minutes, bring you back out, you know, pendulating from the sympathetic to the parasympathetic, the rest and digest. So that way they can actually feel the difference of, oh, I can feel this energy move, just as you said, um, Diane, with your Reiki session, right? But it's empowering my clients to Breathe to feel the difference and know that they can do this on their own as well. They don't need me uh, for months and months and months at a time. You know, so it is a series of of sessions because it's important to work through the different. We call it belts of tension, which kind of correlate with the chakras, and working from the top down. And so, it's it's a wonderful practice. And it just has
0: amazing results. You must have seen some incredible healing. I read a book not too long ago. Are you familiar with the comedian? His name's Daryl Hammond. Remember from SNL, like back in the 90s? Yes. Well, he wrote this amazing book about his experience growing up. And he lived with a very abusive parent, an abusive Mm -hmm. mother, and went through these horrible, horrible experiences, which led to years of you know, intense alcohol and drug abuse for him. And the one thing that he, several things, but the main thing that he cited in his healing was being able to do this breath work. And there's actually a great documentary on Netflix about his whole journey and how all of this is stuck in the body. And if we're able to release it through the uh, techniques that you're describing through this Mm -hmm. breath work, it's it's so powerful and i i felt so so horrible for him you know reading this story of you know the stuff that he's been holding on to for all of these years and just how the downward spiral of if we're not able to release and let go of that trauma and that grief things that we're holding on to for years and years from from childhood on up and the ripple effects of that whether it's mm-hmm. overeating you know promiscuity like giving all that stuff away, um, drinking, drugs, you know, all that stuff, just horrible things that we do to ourselves and our bodies, both physically and emotionally. Yeah, how it all kind of comes from that from from grief and and trauma that we're holding on to.
1: Oh, most definitely. And also think about, you know, that's the we're in a constant fight, flight, freeze, fawning um, response, or activated, right? And, and, of course, we're not going to be in a mindful awareness state. Um, and, and that just keeps that hamster wheel going of the doing of of all those things. And also I want to point out, Diane, I love that you brought that up about the dysfunctions, right? But it's also dysfunctions in our bodies. This is this is how disease is created. Again, this is science yes. has shown this. So I have the opportunity to support above and beyond cancer which is a nonprofit organization in Iowa to offer mindfulness cafe um, experiences with breath work, with meditation, with that to bring us back in our bodies to help release, you know, the the uh, the mind trying to just grasp onto so much at once, right?
0: And what what is the mindfulness cafe? Is that an online uh, group that you could participate in? they can participate
1: that in, in uh, YouTube. So um, just search above and beyond cancer, Iowa, and then um, there should be a playlist there for mindfulness cafe, where I facilitate um, some, you know, techniques and it's just 30 minutes. That's all it takes. Really. It does. You don't have to sit in a cave for 30 years or, you know, go on and, and do all these things <laughs> search for, years search and for years. the guy yeah. Yeah. on the it's mountaintop just, right <laughs> it's about just just simple awareness and what can i do right now to bring myself back so that's why i do all the, these modalities is because first and foremost i wanted for, it for myself and then when i experienced the benefits i was like oh my gosh this is so needed so needed for the community so needed for everyone um to be able it to is bring it i mean
0: look you know look at the trauma and intense stress that most people are under you know daily and i think anything that we can do to support ourselves and our and our loved ones the more we can learn and i think western medicine is great i would if i have a horrible diagnosis i'm going to go down every rabbit hole i can but if i can support myself you know energetically my uh, you know spiritually Mm-hmm. A- every way I would tackle it from, from every angle. And I think, oh, yeah. you know, people like you and the work that you're doing, it's just mm-hmm. so important. So I want to ask you have, what it, would you say is your most intense spiritual experience? Like where mm. you felt maybe a tap on your, a tap on your shoulder from God or maybe saw an angel or anything like that.
1: Oh, uh, there's just been so many, <laughs> seriously, so many. Um, uh, I have to say that it would be um, after my mother passed. So I think that's another reason why I um, am of service is because my mother was disabled. And uh, that's another reason why I had my son is to be the mother that she couldn't be for me. And so after she passed, it was about three months and we were living in Japan. And all of a sudden I heard her say my name. I was, I was waking up out of sleep. It was in the morning and I heard her say my name and um, I just, you know, the, the full body chills. Right. And just knowing, you know, I knew that there was always spirituality, you know, I believed in that, but to actually experience her And her voice, and it just went right through me. I know that she's always with me and that she's celebrating me because, you know, I'm able to support others on their healing journey. And that's something that, you know, she would have loved to be, you know, part of as well.
0: That is so incredible because I had a very similar experience, almost identical. And it was the night that my, I was with my mother when she passed, I was the only one in, in the room with her and I was holding on to her hand and just at, kind of at that moment, I think people, when you die, they, I guess they don't want you in the room exactly when it's happening. I don't know. I thought about that after. And I said, do you, cause she was kind of struggling to breathe. I said, do you, you want me to get the oxygen? Cause they had just brought that the day before. And she didn't say anything and I I went out to get it. And and that's kind of like when it, when it happened and she went to get out of bed and I guess fell. And I came back in the room and she was on the floor and I was holding her hand. And I knew that kind of, you know, that this is it. And I remember I was looking up and I don't know why I did that. Now I think maybe I was looking to see something like I wanted to see something happen, but I, I was held onto her hand. And then of course there's the running around and the calling and phone calls and people come and all of that. And the next morning, same thing. I, I was sleeping and I was just about to wake up, and I heard her name as clear as a bell. I heard my name in her voice in my ear when she just said Diane, just kind yes. of very gently. And I and I woke up and I, I heard it and I just I felt that feeling that you're describing. Like I I know that she knew, you know, I was there and and she was grateful I was there and and that that was kind of like her saying goodbye. I don't know, but mm. I, I heard that same thing. And I would swear that she was just leaning over in my ear. That's how clear yes. it was.
1: Yes. It, it's just, it's comforting. You know, I think a lot of people, um, you know, they they get, you know, a lot of grief, right? Grief gets yeah. in the way. And I say grief is an opportunity for growth. You know, we, we, we miss these people terribly. Yes, they're not in our lives anymore. But what are we going to replace that emptiness with? Right. You know,
0: we, we have a choice to do that so yeah and I think we should be not not afraid of it I I I, I see a movement happening and I've talked to a lot of other people up, about this too where we're not so afraid of death in in our culture other cultures like you know you lived in in Japan or in India where you know they have these big I think they call them, and they have, you know, open cremations and they the whole family's there, you know. I mean, I don't know if I would want to actually see that, but I I think we need to normalize the experience. Like, like you said, the first thing we do in this life is breathe, and the last thing we do is breathe, you know. Mm -hmm. We exhale that last breath. And it should be a natural, a, a natural process. And I'm today, like now I'm so grateful that I was able to witness, I was able to be with her and witness that and you know, have her know that I I could see it, mm-hmm. um, and I guess now as I, as I'm getting older myself, you know, I don't I don't want to fear. Of course, you know, I, I don't want to die like tomorrow, <laughs> but I don't want to fear it. You know, I don't want it to have all of this um, horrible dread because I think it is just kind of a natural progression in in as the wheel turns. You know, and and maybe I'll get another life. I don't know, or another yes. experience, or
1: yeah, and I be somewhere believe- else. I I believe with spirituality, the more that we build that relationship to ourselves, it eases that uncertainty of death and dying. And we see it as, you know, that circle of life that, you know, that connection and, and the connection still continues. They're, they're just in a different realm. We just can't, well, maybe some people can see them. I can't. I can feel. Yeah. <laughs> but I can't I see. Can. <laughs> but but it's all about the connection with ourselves and and building that relationship to ourselves, which brings up to something that can I share with everyone? Do you mind? Sure. Okay. I have this L- amazing retreat coming up. Um, and it's reset and restore your mind and body and body. And this is a retreat like no other because part of it is connecting back to ourselves, of course, you know, resetting our minds and, and building that vitality of our energies. But also it's about giving yourself back those parts of you. And by doing that, we're going to, in midday break, like around lunchtime, uh, participants get to go explore the island. They get to take a nap if they want to. You know, we're going to schedule waterfall tours and, and other excursions and things. So that way, when they leave, they feel refreshed and restored instead of needing a vacation from a vacation. There's so many workshops I've been to, that I've traveled to, and there's so many things that you have to do. And and by the time you're done, it's like, oh, I need a couple days to reset after this. But that's our intentions for this um, beautiful retreat. It's a seven day all-inclusive retreat in Bali. And that's November 11th through the 17th. And again, you can find all that information on my website. And most of all well, have
0: links too yeah, for yeah. people in the show notes of this show that will send you over there to check out this retreat. I was reading about that on your website. I've never been to Bali. So mm. I don't know if I could scrape together the, pe- the pennies, maybe I'll be Red able to Rover, join you. Red Rover,
1: <laughs> Red Rover, come on over, Diane.
0: <laughs> come on over. I would love to experience something like Just, that. And you've got other teachers that you're facilitating this with, right? I mean, yes. you're not doing everything. You know, you've got other people that are going to help you too.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Because we're going to be, we're going to explore Osho meditation. So my good friend- Osho, uh, yeah. Yeah, Brian uh Cochran, he is a Osho practitioner, and so we will do some sort of Osho meditation in the morning and um, do other mindfulness experiences with each other, um, which is fun and engaging. And this is all about creating sanctuary too, right? Sanctuary with like-minded people who want to be there to receive support and, and really expand themselves. So if if that's something that sounds really interesting or you're curious about, you know, we would love to have anyone who uh, is interested in that.
0: I'm sure you're going to get an amazing group. You know, like-minded people tend to kind of congregate, you know, birds of a feather. And I think people will be drawn just naturally to want to attend this. And I will put the links in the show notes for this. And it's been so cool to just chat with you. And, you know, we're all so busy working and and doing what we do. And it's been fun to just find out a little bit more about you and your story. And I can see that you're so committed in sharing your knowledge and you really want to help people. And that comes across, you know, people can really feel that. So I want people to check out your website. It's livingwithintention.co. Also, you're on YouTube. Your podcast, Living With Intention, is out there. Uh, thankfully part of the mind, network. So
1: keep yes. keep on
0: keeping on, you know, and, and yeah. teaching what you're teaching. I love it. And I want to thank everybody for listening. You know, I know you have a big choice of podcasts out there in the world. There's a sea of podcasts. So the fact that you're listening to this uh, just makes me happy if you've made it this far in the podcast. So if you like what you heard, please leave a review. And if you haven't downloaded the free mind, spirit.fm mobile app, make sure you do that in the app store. It's available for Apple or Android. You can leave a message or comment as well for any of our podcasters on the open mic feature. So I hope that you download that. Also, give our podcasters a listen. We have some amazing people as part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network. And thanks for joining me today. Mm, Thank you,
1: Diane. And thank you, everyone. It's been a pleasure.